0: we wanted an easy win and the cowboys gave us exactly that but they gave us so much more that we wanted during their 49 to 17 win over the new york giants tonight we'll dive into that and we'll discuss the mistake that the giants made against dak prescott that nfl teams will not want to be making in the future here we go What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Prime Time. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On the Man Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way. Make sure that you check out adzsports.com Dallas. And as always, do me a favor and hit the like button for me. As you join this show, what a game, man. That was exactly what we wanted. We were fearful of a game where the Cowboys entered as 2.5 possession favorites and maybe they would struggle a little bit. We saw that last year when the Cowboys hosted the Houston Texans. Cowboys needed a heroic drive from Dak Prescott and Dalton Schultz towards the end of that one to walk away with the win. We were fearful of seeing something similar. In week 10 of the 2023 NFL season, that was not the case. The Cowboys led at halftime, 28 to nothing. And then the second half started off with two consecutive sacks by the Cowboys defense. Tommy DeVito did not stand a chance as he quarterbacked the New York Giants as the third string quarterback. He looked like such. And the Cowboys cruised to a 49 to 17 win. Cowboys, man. They gave us what we wanted in more than one way. And tonight, we'll discuss some of our favorite moments. Dak Prescott dealing. Four different receivers had a touchdown. That includes Stein and Jake Ferguson, of course. But four different playmakers had a touchdown on this one through the air, through a pass of Prescott. Uh, Ceedee Lamb added one on the ground. And Dak had another one himself through the ground. So, big, big performance. Tonight, we'll talk about it all. We'll also dive into the big mistake that the Giants made that NFL teams should take note of. Before we do that, though, let me say hi in the chat. And let me ask you, what is one word to describe the Cowboys win over the Giants? Hit me with your best word. Here we go. Let's see what you guys have to say. Uh, Colin says, people were worried about this game. Why? You know, I think the Texans game is why. I'll agree that objectively. There wasn't a single reason to be worried about it. But, you know, it wouldn't be the first time when the Cowboys, A, started with a slow, well, well, had a slow start, basically. And they did, by the way. It was a weird moment at first when the Cowboys were suddenly, you know, uh, turnover on downs. And they were cruising, right? But they didn't convert into points, went for it on four down, which was the right call, by the way. Didn't get it. And then we saw some moments there where fans were not ex- exactly comfortable. Let's put it that way. Uh, but I think that's what they were worried about. They weren't worried about the matchups versus the Giants. They were worried about Cowboys versus Cowboys, right? Playing with their food as some call it. Let's see here. Toxic says they basically did everything we've been begging them to do. More on that later, specifically regarding Brandon Cooks. So I agree with Toxic Tom right there. Uh, It it was exactly what we wanted to see. Let's see some of your one words here, though, for the Cowboys win. Hit me with your best word to describe this one. Toxic Tom says adapting, which I find interesting, but it might be true, right? There were some situations there that we wanted to see, and the Cowboys were adapting to them. I don't know if that's exactly what Toxic says, but I like that word. Uh, PC goes with dictatorial, which is a... very creative one. I love it. I'm going to go, man, I don't even know what I want to go with. And I'm asking you the the, the one word for you. I'm just going to go with buried. And I'm going to go with buried just because how Dak Prescott spread the football for four different receivers and had the touchdown. And we saw a lot of good stuff. Maybe that's a lame word, but I don't care. It, it is. Important and relevant to the way that the Cowboys look like uh, tonight. Now, let's dive right into it, man. First and foremost, let's talk about the Giants' big mistake. And it's not not a surprise because that's what Wink Martindale is going to be no matter who he's facing, no matter which quarterback, no matter what the situation is, if it's a road game for the Giants, if it's a home game, Martindale is going to go at you with man coverage. He's just going to do that. He's going to play you man-to-man, and he's going to hope you make a mistake, and he's going to hope his pressure designs, which are very aggressive, end up working for him. On Sunday, they did not, and it should come as no surprise, especially given how well City Lamp is playing, and we'll talk about City in just a moment as well. But look at these numbers here from Dak Prescott through 10 weeks of the season. Dak Prescott is the number one quarterback in passing yards against man coverage. He's the number one quarterback against uh, in, in touchdown passes against man coverage. And you might say, you know what? Those are just volume stats. So they are tied together to how often defenses play man against him. But if you look at passer rating, the same. He's the best quarterback in the NFL when faced with man-to-man defense. He's the number one QB. In completion percentage over expected, and he is the best one in success rate. Now, it is relevant to this week because according to next gen stats, the Giants played him in 54% of his dropbacks. They played him in man, and Dak Prescott completing 12 out of 18 passes in those situations, and that includes 200 yards passing, and that includes three touchdowns for the Cowboys' quarterback. You look at the spray chart for this one, and man, is it beautiful. Let me point out to you several things that I like about this one. First and foremost, find the line of scrimmage for me, and then tell me how many passes do you count behind it? Because I count two of them. The Cowboys were pushing the ball down the field on this one. Dak threw the ball 14 times beyond 10 air yards. He completed 11 of those passes. And that includes his uh, four passing touchdowns, by the way. Uh, Actually, not one of them. Uh, One of them was short, now that I think about it. Uh, But it still was around the nine-yard mark. The 41-yard bomb that he threw to Michael Gallup was just an impressive dime. It felt like a favor to Michael Gallup at one point. So shout out to Dak Prescott for having his back. But, man, Dallas was just having fun, man, in this game. So, got to love it. Got to enjoy it. Jake Ferguson had a receiving touchdown. So did Gallup. So did Cooks. So did CD. And CD added another one rushing the ball. Dak Prescott was on fire yet again. It's been now four straight games that Dak Prescott has had us very happy about his performances. He did have the one pick. And I think that the Giants defense might not get a whole lot of credit for that one. I would give them some credit because, you know, it looks like they're playing man coverage. And then the outside defender basically undercuts the coverage and picks off Dak Prescott. So he looks like he's going to be playing another zone and then he works towards the hook zone. So he really does a good job of disguising it, in my opinion. Uh, Maybe the old 22 will reveal more about that play. Was a mistake from Dak Prescott. Was a bad throw was a bad decision, a bad read, but still nothing in comparison to the quality of the performance that Dak Prescott put together today. And you might be thinking, Mo, what does it matter? It's against the Giants. Who cares? None of it counts. Let me correct you really quickly. Of course it does. You might say, hey, it doesn't matter anything. It doesn't mean anything when put up against what it means for the Eagles and the Niners and what the Cowboys can do against those NFC contenders. That is true, but it's also true that it doesn't matter who you're facing in the NFL. If you're winning 49 to 17, any given, you know, ball game, it's a good thing and it matters. So big game from Dak Prescott, yet another one. Uh, he looked so comfortable working from the pocket. He was stepping up in the pocket. That. Brandon Cooks throw where he found uh, Cooks for 31 yards and the game is already over. And he's stepping up into the pocket for some reason, taking the shot, just, you know, not, you know, uh, getting scared or anything at the hit and delivering the football in stride. Amazing performances, scrambling, finding CV. He did talk about that of the back foot throw that he made where he found Lamp as he worked back to the ball. And he did say post the game that he was trying to throw it away. I'm not sure if that's real or not, but because I, I, I didn't hear him, I just saw the tweet where he said that. So I'm not sure if he was, you know, just having fun with it, with the reporters. Uh, it looked like it wasn't a throwaway, though, in my opinion. And if it was, man, it was an ugly one. But according to Dak, that was a throwaway, but Lamp did his thing. And he ended up working back to the football just in time to catch it. So big time performance once more, 404 yards for Dak Prescott. Let me read some of your comments right now. Uh, Katharina says, we have an elite quarterback. Let's face it. Listen, I'm going to say that I understand if people do not want to call him an elite quarterback. Because elite quarterback has a lot of different meanings. And for some people, and I think I'm going to include myself in those. It's like you've got three elite QBs in the NFL. And I don't know that I would put Dak Prescott among those elite QBs. But to me, he's 100% a top 10 quarterback, pretty much a top 7 quarterback for me. And what I do know is that what we have seen from him over the last four weeks, exactly, four games, actually, that is elite quarterback play. That is elite quarterback play. You're not going to get a whole lot better than that from from any QB in this league. Dak Prescott is playing at a really high level. And I understand the frustration behind those who say that, hey, you know what? The Cowboys are never winning anything with Dak because that kind of people will always say that until a QB actually goes on and win a Super Bowl ring. They're never going to say it before the quarterback actually goes ahead and, and, and does it. Uh, I think that's what the perspective of those fans is, and I don't blame them, right? We've been hurt for so many years, but what I will say is what we have seen over the last four games is elite quarterback play. And if you're a Cowboys fan and you're thinking about why does the cow- why do the Cowboys have a chance at a Super Bowl run in 2023, 2024, mostly it's Dak freaking Prescott at a quarterback, especially if he keeps playing at this level. Uh, Shout out to his game overall, but let's talk about the one wide receiver that we talked about pretty much all week long. Reporters asked Mike McCarthy about him, and he even had to clap back at some of the reporters when they asked him about Brandon Cooks following the Eagles loss, the, the loss of the Eagles, and Mike McCarthy was like, come on, you cannot be asking me about Brandon when we had a 374 passing yards game, and now you're asking me about Cooks if he isn't getting targets? And he was like, that's a bad evaluation or something like that. I'm paraphrasing. He said, that's not an eval- a real evaluation. Well, Brandon Cooks was targeted today, and he was targeted a whole lot, 10 times to be precise, second on the team behind CD, nine catches, 173 yards, one touchdown, and we saw a little bit of everything. We saw him in the short game, in the intermediate game, and we saw him in that 31-yard gainer between him and Dak Prescott. Brandon Cooks was on fire, and he was utilized today. And, man, that's what we wanted to see from the Cowboys' offense. We might have been nitpicking, maybe, potentially, because the Cowboys' offense was one of the best since Week 6 in efficiency, in all kinds of numbers. But now we've seen Jake Ferguson be involved. Not a whole lot on this game, but we've seen him be involved. Uh, He did have one touchdown, though, so that is pretty big. We've seen City be involved, and now we saw saw Brandon Cook's best game in the 2023 season in terms of targets and catches and everything. He's fast, man. He's still very fast. His route running is clean. He's got good hands. You know, 9 for 10 this game got a lot what we're seeing from Brandon Cooks. Uh, Toxic Tom says, Mo, I think they featured Cooks more this week due to the Giants' weak cornerbacks compared to the linebacker core. They attacked the weakness. And, man, if that is indeed the case, which sounds pretty logical to me too, that's the Cowboys just game planning smartly. Because even though you want to talk about the Giants being a weak team, as Toxic points out, th- there are some strengths these football teams right even when they are weak so this was just a quality game plan from the cowboys too. uh that challenged the cornerbacks very often in contested situations whether it was city or michael gallup or brandon cooks he wasn't afraid of challenging the giants defensive backs one time it didn't pay off again with the interception but for the most part he owned them on sunday so Prescott looked dominant, but Brandon Cooks did as well. And now the question moving forward is one, do we keep seeing this high number of a, uh, this high of a number for Brandon Cooks' targets? Or is it a one time thing? Or are we going to see this thing where as soon as Brandon Cooks has like fewer than five targets, fans and media are going to pretty much throw a strike? And start complaining again about Cooks. Uh, Because I don't think that those complaints were uh, fair. I think that, you know, the Cowboys' offense was already one of the most efficient ones in the NFL. So it doesn't matter how you get there. But seeing that they can also involve him was pretty promising on this game. Among the other promising stuff that we saw is once again CD Lamp doing the damn thing. Boy, oh boy, 11 catches. 151 yards and yes sir he did have that touchdown he did have that touchdown and you know why that matters you know what that where that matters man he is the first player in the super bowl era to have three consecutive games of 10 catches and 150 yards that is a unique mark that no one else has in the NFL. It's only City during the Super Bowl era, at least. And it, you know, I'm seeing one comment right now. He says, I don't care about stats. It's just toxic. And I know he's not talking about this one, but you know who did care about the stats on Sunday? The Cowboys did. Because Dak Prescott was already on the bench with Cooper Rush quarterbacking the Cowboys. Cityland remained on the field because they were trying to get him to that number. They were trying to get him to 150 yards. As soon as he got them, he was pulled from the game and his day was over. I respect the Cowboys for chasing that. I really do. Some people might overthink it maybe and be like, "Hey, he could be hurt. It's not worth it." And I understand the concern, but I also think these numbers and these historic landmarks matter. Because the players care about them. Fans might think that they don't, but players really care about this sort of stuff. So it really does help boost morale. If you are seeing your teammate go off like CD has been going off and you're seeing him break an NFL record, you buy into the offense. You buy into the whole thing that the Cowboys are doing because it's clearly working. You buy into the idea of, hey, you know what? You're you're another wide receiver. And you're like, I understand why I'm not getting the football right now. I understand why I'm not getting the targets. Because CD is that dog of the offense. And it's okay for me for teams to chase these sort of numbers. Especially when it was very early in the game, relatively. In, I mean, it was garbage time. But it was early. And it was a blowout. As Fuego is saying right now in the chat, man. Five blowouts in six wins. And I do think that matters. I've said this time and time again on primetime, even in previous years. If your team can blow out NFL opponents, that matters, even if the opponents are among the worst in the NFL. It matters because it means you can close out games. It means you don't need the 60 minutes to run out to win a game because this game was over by halftime. It wasn't over in the third quarter or the fourth quarter. It was over by halftime. So, definitely happy about that. The Cowboys offense in general was clicking. Another thing that they gave us, the fans, was more Rico Dowdle. We talked about the carry split early in the week, and we were like, man, the Cowboys should actually be playing Rico a little bit more. They did. I do not have the snap counts for y'all, but I do know that Rico had 12 carries and Tawny Pollard had 15 carries, which is still... An advantage for Pollard but it's much closer to a 50 50 split than what we had been seeing earlier this year Rico was barely getting the touches now we might complain about Rico being seemingly on fire and then the Cowboys taking the ball away from him and giving all of the touches near the end zone to Tony Pollard but still you're seeing Rico be productive and you're seeing him be much more involved on offense. He had 79 yards in just 12 carries. That's an average of 6.6 yards per attempt. Add to that one touchdown that he did have rushing the football. Rico is sending a message to the coaching staff right now that he needs to be played more. And I don't know as a team how you don't deliver on that. Cuz he definitely does deserve more looks. Your running game is broken. And on Sunday, clearly, it worked a little bit better when you had Dowdle in there instead of Pollard. So at the very least, you need to look into that, right? As a coaching staff, you need to be like, man, does it kill us to give the football more often to Rico Dowdle? Because I'll tell you what, it won't take a whole lot away from you from what you've been getting from Tony Pollard. And he, he looked a little bit more explosive today. He had like one, two good carries that looked very explosive including a 14-yard gain that we saw between the tackles just, you know, through contact, gaining yards, etc. But Rico's game was much more positive easily on this one. And that includes a 21-yard gain where he just looks angry, man. man. He, He looks so angry when he's running the football. We've talked about that before on primetime, but he really does. He's physical. He's fighting through every single tackle that they try to pull off on him. So, Want to see more from Rico? I think that's one of the biggest takeaways from this game. And it's funny because just last year, we were complaining about the number one running back and wanted to see more carries for the number two running back. And now one year removed from that, we are in the same conversation. It's just different names. That's kind of weird. But, and I still do not know exactly what the problem with the running game is, but it is clearly a problem. So, We'll see what happens moving forward. But for now, one thing is clear. Give number 23 the football much more often. Speaking of that, Dak Prescott. Two carries, 17 yards, one touchdown. And you just love to see Dak Prescott run the football. He didn't do it a lot this year, uh, this week, excuse me. And that's okay. But he did score from 10 yards out. And I love seeing Dak be very consistent with his use of, of his legs. For for a long time We've complained about that Here on the show But it's been now Very consistent Since week 6 Since the 49ers loss Dak Prescott has been Using his legs And that is scrambling, Throwing on the run But also Tucking the football in And running with it And we keep seeing that And we keep seeing that We don't see a whole lot of Read options We don't see QB deciding to place, uh Run Run plays that is what I mean. Like, we're not gonna see pin and pull from the Cowboys offense anytime soon, but we see it more in the passing game. And man, it it just unlocks a whole new aspect of the Cowboys offense that I'm so glad that it seems like it isn't a one thing a one-time thing. I'm gonna be honest with you, man. This Cowboys offense, this Cowboys offense is is getting me a little bit too excited about it. I'm like, I'm buying into it. I am believing, I am buying what they're selling. You know, after the bye week, they've been much more aggressive. You know, you had the Chargers game where Dak Prescott looked fantastic and CD was on fire and it was a good game. But even after that one, we were like, eh, I don't know. I don't know. It was a whole lot more of the same, but Dak powered us through that one and we won. But then after the bye week, we've seen motion. We keep seeing motion every single week. We're seeing more trips formations. We're seeing a bunch. We're seeing creative ways to get CD Lamb the football. Even these routes, there was one near the end zone on the first offensive drive of the game where they are running like a play action concept in which CD seems to be like the split zone blocker where he's working behind the line of scrimmage to seal the edge. But it's a play-action play, so it's really a slight route, so he's running to the flat. And I like the design. The Giants defended it very well and came up with a tackle, and it was short of the goal line. But even that is a creative way to get City the football, and we've seen it before. We saw it versus the Rams, like that same concept, different portion of the field. But that's a creative way. That's the kind of way that coaches like Sean McVay get the football to their playmakers, and we credit them. We're seeing that in the Cowboys offense right now. And I love that. But I also love the aggressiveness. Sure, we still see some run-run pass sequences that I hate. But we're also seeing them be more aggressive on early downs. And after the Rams game, it was like, okay, okay. They did it once. They did it once. And it's all cool. I enjoyed it. But there is no way they do it again. Well, they did it again against Philly. Philly. They opened up with a run-run pass sequence. Ugh! But then after that, it was all aggressive again. And then against the Giants, they're doing it again. So all I'm saying, all I'm saying is it seems like a switch flipped in Dallas. And I'm buying into it. I think it's real. I think Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys have done it. They have changed the offense. And it's so exciting to see. I hope this doesn't backfire on us. But there's no reason to believe that it will happen until proven otherwise. Let me, and this is not entirely about the game, but I don't care. Let us let me read you a quote from Jerry Jones here. Posted an article about it on the YouTube channel. I know some of you read it. But let me read to you this quote from Jerry Jones. This is before the game. This has nothing to do with the game, but it does because we also saw it happen again. Today, But Jerry Jones said this on 105.3 The Fan. He said, I have felt and do feel that we need to throw the football and get our running game going by throwing the ball. If defenses are going to load up, if they're really going to put that kind of emphasis on a running game, I think that's there. The point is, the way Dak is playing, we'll have to take what they give us, and that's not bad. Now, pause. Did we just read a quote from Jerry Jones where he just said, we need to throw the football and get our running game going by throwing the ball. Did Jerry just say that? This is from Friday, by the way. Throwing to open up the run game, suggesting the Dax game must be the feature of the offense. This is the same front office that for years has been old school about this whole thing. Jerry Jones claimed last year They wanted to stay on the ground a little bit more than they had in the past. In 2018, he said that the Cowboys were going to set the passing game up through the running game, which is the exact opposite of the quote that I just read to you. So I think this matters because it seems like even Jerry Jones has been receiving some lessons. I don't know from who, but somebody is maybe teaching Jerry Jones, hey, actually, there's no such a thing as establishing the run you actually throw the football and then you can start running the football. Maybe even Jerry Jones is getting these lessons and boy, oh boy, am I excited about that too. Do you remember that the Cowboys revamped the whole analytics department not that long ago? They even got somebody from the Tampa Bay Rays from Major League Baseball, which is like the analytics team right now in MLB. All I'm saying is it sure sounds like the Cowboys are becoming much more aggressive on offense. And I don't think that is a short-term thing. I think that is going to be the case for the long run. And that, that really gets me excited. Uh, defensively speaking, tonight, Darren Bland had another pick. What else is new? We saw a lot of pressures, man. Tommy DeVito was sacked. What was it? What, was it uh, five times? And let me tell you who got sacks. It was Neville Gallimore, Sam Williams, Armstrong, Fowler, and Lawrence. Some people might say, where is Micah? Well, Micah is getting double teamed. He's getting triple teamed. Uh, chipped. He's get, uh, getting plays away from him. But Micah is still generating pressures and breaking plays. So also a strong game from him. I'm going to note that uh, Rashawn Evans played a whole lot today or at least a lot more than he had in previous games. He had uh, seven defensive snaps against the Rams, no defensive snaps against the Eagles, and then he played on this one a whole lot. And and I think that matters, that is significant, because he's out of practice squad elevations. So, spoiler alert, this is going to be a little bit of a domino effect. They're going to sign Rashawn Evans to the 53-man roster. They got to do it. That's why they played him on defense today, in my opinion. And that kind of means somebody's going to get cut. Because the Cowboys did not have anybody that they can send to IR that easily. I'm not sure who they're going to cut. My educated guess, looking at the 53-man roster, it's got to be Tyrus Wett, I guess. The linebacker slash defense event, it's got to be Tyrus, in my opinion. The UDFA which is tough because that will put him that will make him go through the waiver wire. And I'm not sure if the Cowboys are able to give uh Tyrus this late in the season. We'll see how that plays out, though. Um, I do believe Rashawn Evans gets signed to the 53. So I'm 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 looking forward to seeing what they do with with their players here in the next few days. Cause this decision has to happen quickly, basically. So we'll know. We'll know in a few in a few days. Let me see what you guys have to say about this game. Am I missing anything? Let me know in the chat anything that you want to talk about. Shoot your shot right now. Uh, Double R says, My opinion, the Cowboys made the Giants look like a practice squad game. Man, it did. It did look very ugly. Tommy DeVito, third string quarterback, undrafted guy that, Man, he was fighting for his job when he was at Syracuse. Let's just remember that for a second. So he's just not any third string undrafted free agent. He's in a guy that not even in college did he, he had some fun moments. I like watching Syracuse. So I I, am familiar a little bit with what he did in college, but. Not great. Not, not great in the NFL behind that offensive line. And then Andrew Thomas gets banged up, and he does return to play, but uh, but he's still banged up. So just a mismatch, just a straight-up mismatch, especially in the trenches. Let's see here. Mo, you ever see a movie called Powder? Josh Dobbs has superpowers as house. Nelson, not familiar with the movie, man, but Josh Dobbs is pretty fun right now, and he's one of the biggest stories in the NFL. Ladies and gentlemen, that will be it for me tonight here on the show. I appreciate you so much for tuning in. It's going to be a fun week of primetime. By the way, Thursday night crossover show, Skywalker Steel is going to be joining us here on primetime. So we're doing it after, I think it's been over, over a year that Sky and I have not talked on a show. So I'm happy that we... Are making it happen. So make sure you tune in on Thursday night. Make plans to be here. And you can watch the Ravens and the Bengals go at it on Thursday night while we talk some Cowboys football and we can have some fun. So make sure you mark your calendars Thursday night. We have a great guest, Mr. Steele. And I will see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Not yet, Katharina working on that though uh hopefully very soon but i don't have an exact answer as to when we when we'll be back on facebook thanks so much and i'll see you tomorrow night 8 p.m central Bye bye